and welcome back to Earth Like Heaven. My name is Doug Ressler, and joining me as always is Robbie Sherry, and we're here to help you close the gap between heaven and earth in your life by learning to live like Jesus. Robbie, we closed our last episode sort of drilling down into some resources um, and talking about how we uh, really kind of build those resources in our own lives so that when those periods of suffering come, when those periods of hardship come, when we experience pain, which we will in this life on some level, we have resources to draw on. And we, t- we started talking a little bit about, and I wanted to drill down even deeper on this subject because I think this is so critically important um, and is so often missed. And that is this reality that when we approach pain, so many people are not drawing on the full breadth and depth of the resources that God has provided them. I was talking to a, a, a person I was counseling who is struggling with depression and they're seeing a, a, a licensed professional counselor. They're even seeing a psychiatrist because they have medication prescribed and I'm on board with all of that. But at the same time, I was encouraging them to follow their licensed counselor's advice just to take a walk outside mm. every day. Yeah. Like if they don't do that, they're not drawing on all of the resources available to them that sure. God has given them. Yeah. Common you know, to, to, to attack this, problem that they are really wrestling with and so so we kind of started talking a little bit about that like the importance of eating well the importance of going outside on a walk and getting outside in the sunlight and getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night like those kinds of physical things all of which they're again their counselor is reinforcing and mm-hmm. I'm trying to reinforce as well. But then, of course, I'm turning the, the conversation towards the spiritual, which their counselor doesn't do. That's my job right. as the pastor. And I'm saying, okay, so you've got physical resources you're drawing on. You've got medical resources you're drawing on. You've got emotional resources that you need to be drawn on, your support systems, your family, your friends, you know, those kinds of things. What about the spiritual resources? What, what are you, you know, and this is a person who for their entire lives has kind of, they've, they've occasionally popped into church, like once every four to five weeks, Right. right? kind of check that box. They love it when they're here. They're, they're not bad people. They love Jesus. They're a Christian. They love Jesus. They pop in every four to five weeks, love it when they're here, but life's full. Life's busy. They got a lot, a lot of stuff going on, you know, hunting season, their kids' sports, these kinds of things, and they're not able to make it, da, 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 da. And yet here they are. I said, you're, so you're trying to attack this issue of depression in your life. You're, you're suffering with like one hand tied behind your back. You're not availing yourself of all the resources that God has provided. And, and a huge piece of that is, again, just daily time with the Lord in his word, daily time in prayer, weekly time in worship with God's people. Like these things God gives to us as gifts, they're invitations. They're not, they're not like a law of list of things that we have to do in order to earn God's favor. And yet so many people see it that way, right? These disciplines that God gives us, they're given to us for our good to help us tap into wells that never run dry, right? These, you know, I mean, and, 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 and so helping people understand that when we talk about suffering, when we talk about pain, the last um, thing you want to do is wait until you're in the midst of it to try and find the well that never right. runs dry. Right. You know, because most of the time, if you wait, as Jeremiah says, you're going to turn to cisterns of your own making that are broken, that don't have any water in them. Yep. And, and it's going to make going through that period of suffering very, very challenging. And, and I would say if you go back into the Bible, you, you read about those early Christians, or if you go around the world today and you meet Christians around the globe, right? 
when, when people say, well, how, how can someone, Doug, in South Sudan, where you just were a month ago, who is literally facing starvation, they and their kids, how can they have such joy? Well, they have such joy because they're drawing on resources that you don't know about because you're not engaged in the way that you need to be engaged. You're not spending that time with the Lord in the way that you need to be spending that time with the Lord. And so, Robbie, you work with students, people who are just uh, getting started in their life, getting started in faith. And so how do you help them make the connection to the thing, the very things they are beginning to do today, right now in their life, are going to be the very things that allow them to tap into these resources later on when life gets hard? Yeah. Or even tomorrow when life gets hard, right? If, if again, they tear an ACL, yeah. uh, Tommy John... Their parents get divorced, those kinds of things like we talked about last time. I think one of the things, I mean, some of these are going to sound cliche. Mm -hmm. I apologize. But one of the things is to have a, they they always want to know where they should start in the Bible. Right, right. And I tell them. Job. There's, yeah. yeah. The oldest book in the Bible. No. Revelation or Daniel, like seventh (laughs) chapter on, you'll be fine. Good luck. Uh, no, throw you into the deep end of the pool, but to give them a, a really a plan, yes, you know, right. to get to say like, so, you yeah. need to follow okay. something, whether it's a devotional or a, a study guide through mm-hmm. a particular book of the Bible, or I don't mind if you study, you know, deserts in the Bible or the songs of the Bible or something like this, but have a plan rather than mm-hmm. I'm just going to open the Bible to a random spot and start reading, yeah. or I'll just start in Genesis because that's the right. left side of the book or something like that. Yeah, I always encourage folks to start with the four Gospels. If they haven't, if, they're if they've not, never touched yeah, it, yeah, yeah, or something. start with yeah. the four Gospels, start yeah. with Jesus, the words of get Jesus. A, yeah, get a sense of who he is. Yeah. Then go and look at the rest of the scriptures, which, you know, kind of point, you know, point to Jesus, of course. So, so start with Christ, start with the four gospels, you know, really get a sense of who he is and then go from there. Yeah. And then I think it's, it's important too to a a lot of young people will find another 17 year old who is a Christian and they'll go, yeah, he's helping me or something like that. And I say, my mentor, there's something that happens with age. And I mean, I don't know if you found this to be true, but when I look at life, the older people get typically the crustier they become in yeah. terms of they're, they're just not malleable anymore. Right. So when you, when you talk about what can they be doing now, mm-hmm. I tell them, I don't know many 30 year olds who change their mind about something. Mm. Like most people make up their minds. It's, it's rare. It happens, but it's rare that somebody changes a preference for a food or a political affiliation mm. or uh, I mean, most people drive the same way to and from work, same roads, same everything. They stick with one brand of toothpaste. Yeah, we're kind of creatures of habit. We totally are. So knowing that, it's good to establish the rhythms when you're young and Mm -hmm. make some decisions when you're young. So I tell them, I I think you can read God's word at any time. I I like the morning because I tend to read to fall asleep in the Mm -hmm. evenings. And I don't want to be falling asleep for God's word. That's right. I always He will strike you down. That's why. Uh, yeah, there you go. God will get mad. No, that's not what. <laughs> that's, that's not, not it. That's not it. That's, that's not true. true. Yeah. But I don't, God to, will to laugh at you. Pray. That is true. That's right. But he's falling asleep again, Jesus. To, to uh, have that perspective of like the Bible reads you yeah. as you read the Bible. You want to read in an engaged way. It's not yeah. just about the words on the page. You want right. It's an interaction, right? Totally. It's a, This is God's word to me. This is God speaking yeah. to me. And I want to be available to listen, just like I would with my spouse or my children. 
I want to engage in active listening. Yeah. And I can't do that if I'm exhausted or if I'm giving God the leftovers of my day or my time or whatever it might be. Yeah. So have a plan to read the Bible and then find somebody who's older than you. Right. And I I would, I usually recommend a half generation to a full generation. I think that sounds funny, but what do you mean half generation? Well, maybe somebody between like 10, you and your parents age kind of thing who has been walking with the Lord. And I, I just think there's something that comes with time meaning they're not a new Christian themselves or they haven't been a Christian for like two years or something like that. Not that I don't think God can use those people as well, but find somebody who's established those rhythms, who's decided, I mean, like my, my students are going off to college and I tell them, you know, I have a list of 18 things I wish I would have known when I was 18. Wow. And I give that to like my prayer partners who go off and all that. And each of my children have that and they tape it to their, say, put this up on your dorm closet or something. Right. And you're going to get asked about it. So that's the first thing. Right. But the second thing, just just check it out. And it's all not yeah. all Christianese or something, but one of them is mm-hmm. wake up on that first Sunday mm-hmm. and go to church. Right. Because right. if you don't right. go to church on that first Sunday, pretty soon it's going to be a month and then a semester. And then all of college will have gone by and you'll be giving reasons why you didn't plug into church or go to church or uh-huh. this sort of thing. And I tell them, find, find the time to read God's word. And I think there's great, there are great resources out there with commentaries about God's word, but that's not a substitute for reading God's word. Yeah. I don't mind if they listen to sermons online, but right. I tell them to get into the word either right. while they're listening or when you find out the text of the sermon to go back, read it for yourself. Yeah. Write, write in your Bible. I think these are things I, I tell them all the time. You might not remember what I say, right? but you're going to remember if you read the Bible and write in your Bible things that, come to mind as you're reading that, you will eventually listen to what you said. So when you go back to those pages, it's almost like you're communicating with your past self. Well, and really communicating with the Lord because it's oftentimes the Holy Spirit that brings those insights to us. And so writing those down and making sure we record those, that's why people journal, that's why people do those kinds of things because you can go back and you can say, okay, what did God talk to, what did God say to me back then? Yeah. You know, that I I need to hear today or what, you know, I've been here before. So what, what did I go to back then that helped me through this time. You know, you were saying before that like, you know, so many people become set in their ways as they become older. And I would say that that's, I think that's absolutely true. But one of the ways that prevents us from getting set in our ways as we get, as we get older is cultivating a deep relationship with Jesus Christ, because the Holy Spirit then is always at work inside us. And I will tell you that the people that I know that are older and have the most vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ, they are the ones who remain flexible yep. they remain yeah, humble teachable like all of these things they're, they're they're willing to um you know adjust uh what they believe to the truth right that that they encounter whether it's a new truth or maybe something that they've encountered you know in a fresh way from the scriptures you know as god right. is doing that brings something to mind in a new and fresh way that they hadn't really thought about before and they're willing to change or adjust or shift how they think um, how they react, how they respond, but it's because over time they have cultivated a relationship with Jesus Christ and they have cultivated um, a, an awareness of the Holy Spirit and his presence in their lives. And as a result of that, um, again, they just remain kind of open-handed before the Lord, which ultimately is how God wants us to walk. I mean, you look throughout the Bible, you see like guys like Abraham and and, and gals like Sarah and their, and their desire, even in their old age, yeah. to walk with open hands before God. Oh, you're going to give us a son? Like, really? Okay. You know, on some right. level, right? I mean, and yeah, they struggled and they wrestled, but still there was this sense in which like, okay, 
Yeah. Like we're going to be open-handed about this. And you can't get to that place unless you have, as Abraham and Sarah did, walked with God as a friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that that's the deal, right? And then I was thinking about, you know, your 18, you know, 18 things an 18 year old should learn. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's really good. You know, Jonathan Edwards had like 70 resolutions. So you're not quite at his level, Yeah, but, but you know, that's okay. He also likens people to hanging over a fire. That's true. He was a little grumpy <laughs> when he preached. That's exactly right. <laughs> a little Dan Lynchy. Yeah. Yeah. When he preached a little grumpy, um, a little fired up, but I think um, there's two, a difference between yeah. like, I tell young people, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Yeah. Right. And like when you talked about going for a walk, being alone with the Lord is a sweet, sweet time. Yeah. You can be, you can be by yourself and not feel lonely. That's right. And you can be in a crowded room. That's right. And that's feel right. like there's, there's no one. That's exactly right. right. So, and we've probably all had that experience on yeah. some level, right? So in, in cultivating these, these right rhythms with mm-hmm. God, it's, I think there's value to corporate worship, being with people and I think there's there's value to being alone with God, and and yeah. I don't think it's either or. I that's think right. it's I think it's both ends. It is, and for a young ends. person that's whose right. parents don't go to church, that's right. That's a difficult ask, particularly if they don't have their driver's license yet. Yeah, that's right. But I I struggle when I'm dealing with a a college student who goes, yeah, I you know I don't go to church, and I go. It, they're not difficult to find. That's like right. if you used to have to look That's in right. a phone book, <laughs> those are right. these things that got dropped off on your yeah. porch with That's three right. quarters of them were yellow pages for some reason. Why yellow, Jake? I never understood that the reason for the yellow color, but let your fingers do the walking. It used to be difficult to find a church, but now right. it's, it's very easy. And I don't, and then people go, well, I don't know. Sundays I, I like this or that. Okay. But like you said, the, the day's coming. That's right. The day is coming when you're going to not just want the presence and the power of the familiarity of the voice of the Spirit of God, but you're also going to want to be enveloped by the people of God. That's right. Around you. And that doesn't that doesn't happen either without yeah. cultivating it. Well, just like a relationship with anybody, whether it's with God or it's with your spouse or it's with your kids or it's with your family or friends or coworkers or you name it, you know, it takes work. It takes time. It takes, it takes intentionality. And if you're not taking some of your time and dedicating it to God in that way, or dedicating it to God's people in that way, then when you hit the, hit the obstacles, you hit the challenges, you hit the things in life that really challenge us, uh, you're just not going to have those resources to draw on because you cannot, those can't happen in a moment. They really can't. Yeah. Now God can show up however God wants to show up. And thanks be to God. He often does because he's gracious and and, and because he loves us so very much unconditionally, right? It's not like God's up there going, you know, well, you know, sorry, Robbie, you haven't really spent time with me the last like 20 years. So therefore, <laughs> right. I'm going to withhold myself when the hard stuff comes. No, he is there. It's just we don't know how to tune into his spirit. I mean, so often, oh my gosh, I can't tell you the number of times where I've sat down with someone and they've unpacked just some unbelievable suffering that has taken place in their life, whether it's pregnancy loss or the loss of a of a spouse tragically or a child or, you know, something that has happened in their life that is just, you know, terminal illness, whatever it might be. And I'm listening to them just share their story. And I'm just cataloging in my head all of the places that just in listening to their story, I can recognize from the outside perspective in, oh, that was the Lord, that was the Lord, that was the Lord, that was the Lord. But that's not their perspective because they haven't spent the time really tuning in 
you know, uh, and for our listeners who are young, tuning in used to mean like on the radio, right? You had to like <laughs> dial good. in, right? Really, yeah. You know, like I got to get this signal, yeah. right? You know, and, and that, the antenna you know, right yeah, that's exactly right. Make sure I hold on to it so yeah. that, you know, it doesn't get fuzzy. The screen doesn't get fuzzy, like all of that <laughs> stuff, right? I mean, these are like sort of, I feel like ancient, ancient things that we're dealing with here on some level. They weren't that ancient, but, but how we tune in to the Holy Spirit. I mean, again, we, I think we've used this image before. It's like Elijah on the mountain in a place of suffering in afraid for his life yeah after one of his great his his great greatest triumphs. success in ministry he, the the very next chapter finds him at his lowest point yep and then he goes to this mountain to like meet with god and there's this fire and there is this earthquake and there is this you know great wind and god's not in any of it and then there's a still small voice and because elijah can tune in yeah. He's learned how to tune in over the course of his life. When he hears that voice, he throws his cloak over his head and he's ready to listen. Yeah. So that's the deal, right? And you see it all throughout the scriptures. We have This is not something that is innate. We have to learn. I think of Samuel, young Samuel, yeah. the young guy in the temple or at the tabernacle and he's serving the priest and he's hearing this voice in the night and he keeps running to the priest and saying, what do you want? What do you want? You keep calling me and the priest's like, I'm not calling you. And finally, the priest who... Eli. clearly has yeah. forgotten how to tune into the oh, oh Lord on some level goes, oh, as as his oh, sons. Oh, this is actually not me talking. He's hearing like God. Right. So then he finally tells Samuel, hey, Samuel, next time this happens, Here's how say this. Yeah. You know, here I am, Lord, your servant is listening. Right. And God, God speaks this word, well, right? Well, there's that older so, person. Right. Speaking. Right. Even, even, a, even like a crusty old person, as you were saying <laughs> earlier, Eli is, was pretty crusty. I mean, he was pretty word. inflexible, right? <laughs> right. At, at that juncture. That's why he dies. He falls yeah. off a rock and because yeah. he's inflexible, he <laughs> dies, right? I mean. It's a literal and right. figurative He literally word. can't move fast enough to escape <laughs> death you yeah. know, because That's he's right. so inflexible. But the point being that like, even a guy like Eli who is described by the book of 1 Samuel as being the priest of a time in Israel when the light in Israel had almost gone, gone out. out. Right. And his eyesight was dim. That, that, that in the Hebrew is a metaphor. It's like the high priest's eyesight has grown dim and the light in Israel had almost gone out. Like those two things are happening parallel. Even that guy yeah. still retains on some level, was trained on some level to hear the voice of God. So when Samuel starts hearing from God and Eli is not, Eli is able to say, this is how you respond, yeah. right? So that goes back to your point. Like, we, we're all sinners. We're all broken people. None of us have it figured out. But when we can sit down with people who have been through life, older, older folks, older men, older women who have gone through the stuff, right, gone through whatever the next yeah. season of life that I'm going to go through. I remember hearing a guy one time as, at a men's retreat talking about how throughout his life, he became a Christian like in his 30s. And what he, what he started to do was he would try and meet regularly with a Christian who was the next decade up. Yeah. Right? So when he was in his 30s, he met with someone in their 40s, 40s, 50s, 50s, 60s, all the way up to, you know, he's in his 70s. He's like, you know, it's getting fewer and fewer to find, you know, <laughs> yeah. people. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to meet with someone in their 80s. Uh-huh. Like, what's the next decade of my life look like? Right? So good. And I thought that was just really rich, you know? You could put that, that could be number 19 on your list. And then it doesn't work. 19 uh, things I, I wish know. I knew when I was sure. 18. Doesn't... I don't know. It might be more memorable that way. In terms, you know? of, your, yeah. in so. terms of your own personal, like for me... You talked about sort of that practiced mm -hmm. listening. Yeah. So I've found, I, I drive an old 1991 Ford pickup mm -hmm. that the radio doesn't work. Right. Which at first was awful. Right. And has become a great blessing because right. I drive to work in silence. Yeah. And 
Uh, the other day I, I was out, I was out hunting actually. And I, I spent 13 hours outside and I told my wife when I came home, not a single text, mm-hmm. no phone call, no, no anything. And I, I just found myself marveling at from her or from anyone from any <laughs> and marveling <laughs> at her. Yes. No, thank you, anyone. honey. Yeah. For not sending me any texts. No, or I mean, calling it, me. how many of us go through a day? I mean, 13 hours yeah. with not a single, not right. a single human sound. Right. That, that's what I had. And when I drive to work, it's about a 35 minute drive to and from it's quiet. And in those times I find myself, mm-hmm. I, I would say abiding yeah. in God. Like I, yeah. yes, I do pray and yes, I do worship, but it's, it's a deep, it, it's just a, a lovely time for me. And so I know for myself, those are times and I like, I like stillness. I like quiet. Right. And that's, that's how I've, it's just a daily rhythm in my and I life. Bet you, like you said, you, you even referenced it when you, when you first, either you first got the truck and the radio was broken or the radio broke soon after you got the truck. At first it wasn't great. Right. So it's something you've learned to appreciate. I would bet that most people have their radio or some sort of music oh, or podcast course, on their I do. car. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, yeah. right. I mean, I didn't realize how weird it was yeah. until my kid would ride with me or yeah. somebody else and they'd be like, do you have a radio? Yeah. No. Yeah. And they just kind of like, they throw the headphones in. What do you do? I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not, what do you do when you drive? So like, I'm not sitting in silence with my dad for 30 minutes. Like, uh, uh, so what what do you, what does a pastor do? How, how have you learned to abide or to draw near, to recognize that voice? Totally. I I think before we leave that, let's just, let's just tag that for a minute. One, One of the things that I think people need to understand is that when we talk about things like the comfort of God, uh, the peace that passes all understanding, these gifts that God promises to those who follow him. These are not God, these are not gifts that God sort of dispenses, you know, like, 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 you know, it's, we go to the machine and we put in the coins and like, I get my bag of chips out of the machine. Like right. that's not how it works. God's not a machine dispensing these gifts. These gifts come as we abide in his presence. Right. They are byproducts of us spending time with him. They are not just sort of like raindrops from heaven that he drops on us. That's not how it works. And I think that's sometimes how people think of these things. It's really good. Right? And that's really important for us to think about. And, and if you want to explore that more, you can read the book Waiting on God by John Murray. He, he goes into this in depth, right? That, that it's really, these are things that come and they're byproducts of us being in God's presence. What you're talking about, sitting in silence before the Lord and just waiting on God. Yeah. Just wait. I'm just going to wait. And I'm going to be patient mm-hmm. and I'm going to listen and I'm going to reflect and I'm going to let my mind go in all the different ways that the Holy Spirit wants to guide me. And I, who knows what I'll be thinking about, but I'm, I'm going to trust the spirit is with me and guiding me and direct me and all those things. So I think, I think I just want to, I want to tag that, that sometimes people think that like I need the comfort of God. And so I don't know what they envision, but like on some level, we kind of treat God like this cosmic vending machine that I, I go and I hit A7 and I get the comfort of God and I hit yeah. D3 and I get the peace of God and I get D6 and I get the strength of God. No, no, that is not how it works. It is, I go to God. I've got to want God more than I want his gifts. Yeah. I got to want him. That's, yeah. that, that is the key. I've got to want him more than I want these things. These things come, but, but they're byproducts. And if I focus on the things... That's the wrong way to go about it. You're just not going to get there. That's not how you get there. You, you focus on God, and then these things come. Okay, so that, I just want to say that because I think that's critically important for us to critically understand. Critically important for all of this. I 100%. Think that's right. 
Yeah, uh, then, so secondly, question, then, back, yeah. then back to your question about how to, how do pastors do it? Well, just like anybody else, I mean, we have to be. How does Doug Ressler? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right. Well, yeah, yeah. So I can only speak to my experience, but um, you know, I just have to be on, on some level, uh, and I'll use this word. It may, it may seem a little strange, but it, I just have to be ruthless about my schedule. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. This is when I'm going to spend my time with the Lord. And, and shut it, everything else and, down. And it's you can't have email up and texts up. And now you know because I'm globally. I have friends all over the globe now because I've gone to Africa so many times. And I just came back off my 18th trip. Like when I wake up in the morning, I have all these messages from like Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp. Oh, WhatsApp from, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. Because they're on the other side of the world. And for them, it's been day. Right. Right. You right. know, while I've been sleeping. Right. And so like, if I'm not careful, I can spend all my time 24 seven, like responding to people. Sure. Right. Which is important. I want to respond to people. I'm not going to not respond on some level, but, um, you have to be pretty ruthless about saying, you know what, I'm going to carve this time out for the Lord. And then, even more importantly for me, and this is something I've learned to do over the years, is to learn how to pray without ceasing. That's what Paul says, pray without yep. ceasing. And yep. what that really is doesn't mean that I'm sitting there talking 24-7. Thank goodness. Right. Yeah. Right. Says my wife. Poor Christy. Right. Yeah. Seriously. It's, it's really about cultivating... Uh, just an awareness, being in a prayerful posture yep. as I'm going throughout my day, whether it's I'm meeting with people or I'm conducting a staff meeting or I'm prepping for an elder meeting or I'm at the gym or I'm home with my kids or wherever it is that I am, just cultivating a, uh, a prayerful posture, a prayerful attitude, uh, again, an open-handedness, what, trying to go into each interaction with, okay, God, what, what is it you want to say to me through this interaction and how do I become a, a vessel for what you want to say to this other person? you know, potentially, yeah. right? You know, that I've learned to do over the years as well. And um, it's amazing um, what can happen when you do that, when you when you just, again, you just make yourself available to the Holy Spirit throughout your day. Um, and so then it becomes not just, I have my quiet time in the morning, I have my weekly time of worship throughout, you know, once a week. And so that's an hour or an hour and a half out of my day. And then and then that's it. No, it's like learning to bring this into everything I do. Bring, and that's really been the key for me is learning how to bring it into everything you, you do so that you are always sort of in that yeah. attitude of prayer. Good. Yeah. I found myself teaching my kids the refrain, isn't God amazing? Yeah. And because I, I, I totally English teacher in me, but so many of my, my students, it, the word cool mm-hmm. has sort of lost its... It's, we used to say everything was cool. Right. Well, that was just cool. Everything was cool. And now that, that word isn't used a whole lot, right. but I, I right. tried to teach my kids to just say, isn't God amazing? Yeah. Rather, because we see stuff all of the time right. and our reaction is, oh, cool. Yeah. And it's just so dismissive. But when right. you can say, isn't God amazing? That refrain just sort of gets etched. Yep. It's, it's like those words get etched in your heart. So where their, their natural reaction now, when they see something yeah. or experience something, they go, Wow. Isn't God amazing? And yeah. it's everything from really good food to yeah. something that they've experienced with their friendships or, or just being able to have things work out right with their schedule. They go, wow, isn't God amazing? Right, yeah. And that, like you said, that posture, that attitude, that mm-hmm. getting the sense of, of just being in step, in sync yeah, that's right. with God, then I think when these times of suffering come or these, these pain points, and they're, they're, sometimes they're seasons and sometimes they're moments, but... Like you said, there's a familiarity that comes with practicing them in advance yeah. so that I, I'm i learning to run to God rather than away from God. That's right. And I'm 
sometimes I'm faster to run to them than others. And sometimes there's a, sometimes I have a right word. Like I know where I want to go in scripture and sometimes stillness is better. Yeah. For me, that's, that's just what I found. Well, I think, yeah. And just to kind of bring this discussion to a close today, I think, you know, one of the things I tell people all the time is, um, you know, they'll go through something and, uh, you know, like a lot of human beings, like we want to think that we can handle it. Right. Yep. You know? And so I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, do you, do you take that to God? And they're like, I don't, you know, I don't bother God with my, with <laughs> yeah. my problem, you know? And I'm like, do you think there's like not enough of God to go around? Do you think like there's somehow a limit or like you can only call on him like three times and then like that fourth time he's like, yeah, what's the level sorry, at which you, you know, right? Like, I mean, you know, is that the deal or, uh, or, or even like, you know, okay, sure. Maybe, maybe you are strong enough to handle this on your own. Let's, let's just say that you are. Why would you want to? If you've literally got access to the Lord of the universe, why in the world would you want to try and handle it on your own when right. God is at your side saying, hey, hey man, hey gal, just I got like so much for you here. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you want to tap into that? Like that, that makes like no sense to me, right? You know? Yeah. And so, you know, and, and usually when I kind of approach it that way, people chuckle and they're like, yeah, right. I mean, of course, like, yeah, why, why, why am I, why do I do that? You know, why don't I access these things? So I think, again, it's about cultivating this attitude, cultivating this posture, um, cultivating even the desire in our hearts for God to be our helper, Yeah. for, for God to be our present help in times of trouble, as Psalm 46 says, right? And, you know, you know, the earth gives way and the mountain moves into the heart of the sea, it, one more, one more illustration of this. Uh, so 9-11, right, which we just celebrated a few weeks ago. Um, when it happened, I was in Princeton, New Jersey. I was going to school. And a friend of mine was the pastor of Fifth Avenue Prez up in New York City. Um, and Tom, when the towers were hit, Tom, Fifth Avenue's right there. I mean, okay. church is right there. And so people are literally fleeing up the street. The ash cloud is like yeah. following them. Tom put on his preaching robe because it was a very traditional church, okay. ran out into the street and people saw his robe and started just flooding into the sanctuary. Huh. Right. And for months afterwards, of course, churches were full. Right. right? right. And that day as the sanctuary packed out and standing room only and people just seeking refuge in the church from yeah. this horrific thing that had happened, horrible suffering, right? Horrible suffering. Tom preached from Psalm 46. And it was interesting. There's all these New Yorkers, right? They don't, they're not familiar with the Bible at all. And so like he stands up there and he's like, you know, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Right. And so people are coming up to him afterwards. They're like, Hey, so did you get that from like Wadsworth? Yeah. They're like asking him like, where where did you get that poem? Like, and he's like, really? And they're like, they're like, yeah. And he's like, well, let me show you. And he like gets a chance to open up the Bible and direct people to it for, and for months afterwards, he talked about how he had this opportunity to minister to people who had never heard the voice of God, never, God had not been a part of their lives, you know, but, but in this tragic time, they were hungry for it. They were thirsty for it. And he was able to help them cultivate that. And, and I just thought about, you know, just think that that's, if we can do that in advance, not wait for a nine eleven right, to drive us into church, but to really, really, let life kind of take us there. And then when we hit those, yeah, like hor- horrible events like 9-11 or other things like it, um, we're in a better place. We just have, again, resources we can draw on. So we'll close yeah. with that. And 
come back and uh, talk next time as we continue to explore these subjects, these deep questions that people have as we start talking about the way of Jesus is better. And they've got all these objections. They're great questions, y'all. And so thanks as always um, to Jake uh, Lanier and to Billy Cole, our guys behind the glass, making us sound good. Please keep listening as we dive deeper uh, in the weeks ahead as to what it means to follow Jesus. As always, we'd love your comments. Love your reviews on whatever platform you choose to listen to your podcast. Make sure to share this with your friends um, and subscribe so that you can stay tuned as we release more episodes in the weeks ahead. We'll talk to you next time.